Welcome to the Giant Leadership Podcast, where we help leaders like you get the knowledge and skills you need to impact more people and live the life you've always wanted. Get ready to experience tools, tips, and advice by the co-founders of Giant and best-selling authors, Jeremy Kubacek and Steve Cockrum. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Giant Leadership Podcast. I'm Jeremy Kubitschek, and I'm, as always, with Steve Cockrum. What's up, Brother Steve? I don't call you Brother Steve. Oh, it's, it's, oh, well, you can call me whatever you want. I don't know. Over the, the years, I've been introduced as various different things, but our millions of listeners around the world have learned to uh, adapt to your connector creativity, and uh, I just respond with my British accent, comment on the weather, and we're good to go, usually. <laughs> That's kind of the normal thing. How's the weather over there? <laughs> it's raining. It really it's is important. raining at the moment. It's like terrible. Oh, anyway, there we go. For all of our listeners, let's go. Let's catch up a little bit. What have you been doing lately? I mean, uh, give us. Let's give it an update with each other. Yeah. Okay. I have been trying to be more strategic with time, um, and actually making sure that everything I'm doing actually fits into a more structured framework i think kind of there's you know you're the same i've got more demand for time right now than i've ever had so i get invited to go to all kinds of places people try and connect me every day with people and go you need to meet so and so or go and have lunch with or you need to speak at and i'm going okay i've got a supply and demand problem in that i only have so much time so i've been trying to learn how do i disappoint people well (laughs) <laughs> because I can't please everybody all the time. And this is me, a thinker. To be fair, you're you're not uh, displeasing your golf partners, though, right? Well, it, it's interesting. It's interesting that kind of there are certain times of the year where I'm uh, more open to work on a Wednesday, and this is it right now because January and February are, are kind of like the muddy months of the year on the golf course. So, no, I... I I'd like to say I've been prioritizing work, but it's almost like um, it, it's kind of less fun out in the cold and wet in the mud at the moment. So even though <laughs> it's interesting, I, I think the same in that at, in our world, um, we have such an entrepreneurial family. Every one of our kids and my wife included has an entrepreneurial business. And yeah. so our conversations are different now. Like the gears are so important. <laughs> More than ever, like, hey, can we not talk about work at all? Can we not talk about <laughs> any of your the businesses at all? But then I'm having, I'm playing consultant to my own family members. So, uh, for those who don't know, maybe you do. My wife, we we started a wedding venue at our family farm, and it's going really well, and it's booking. But that means that now my weekends revolve around weddings and lots of events. And now we're trying to apprentice people and find people to help. So now we're living out giant real time in my closest relationships. So it's been fascinating to, uh, uh, and then we've got two girls getting married. Uh, Those who don't know, we have our youngest is getting married in May, Kate, and our oldest Addison's getting married in July. So by the end of July, 2020, whatever, four, we're, we'll be done. We'll be completely you'll be finished. A, you'll be a lot poorer. What's really annoying is I've got three girls and I've got no weddings even on the horizon. So 
you you you've won by miles, Jez. And even though I suspect <laughs> your bank your bank balance will be slightly lower than mine will be at the end of the oh year. Oh my god! Yeah, I need to talk to you about that. We can. <laughs> yeah, you need a loan. Okay, that's alone. Oh I, man. I would say one more thing for me is, and this is kind of like a a progress report from a pioneer connector. I don't think my family has ever been happier. And actually, I think, you know, leaders define culture is really easy. I know you've been amazing at this for years. So annoyingly, I usually end up realizing you were right a few years before. And then, of course, I make it my own. So I think what I would say is to go, um, it's so easy for people like me to focus on the work. And then the family get the the dregs that are left. And if they ever complain, I remind them of how their amazing life is funded through my hard work, which <laughs> never goes down well, but in my experience. But it's almost like going, how can I find a way of winning in both worlds at the same time? So intentionality, it's easy to be accidental for busy leaders when they've got so much demand for work that the family gets the back end. And I think I've done a much better job. Uh, I even took Helen on a trip. That was amazing. A week with her where we went to America, you know, it was still work, but it was almost like different. And I think they're seeing me work. So they all came to the communication code party we had. And it's so lovely when your kids go, I'm really proud of you or, you know, um, that made a lot of sense. So I'm trying to work out how I do second gear as well as fourth gear, Mm -hmm. even though, one is a fourth gear I can do forever. I never have to worry about it. Second gear is a conscious competence, but I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm making progress. Low bar to start with, as Helen would say, but I'm definitely making progress. So I'm celebrating that. Um, there you go. The- I love it. I love it. Well, for those of you listening, uh, you know, our work at Giant is really trying to help people become more relationally intelligent, really to know themselves, to lead themselves so that they can have behavior change where other people see it and leads to higher performance. And so today, uh, the topic we're gonna, we have, we're going to have a quick topic. And then we have a, a friend, we have a, a giant we want to introduce you to that she's amazing. Uh, she's going to join us here in a second. But before that, um, we have a topic around peace. And we're going to share this uh, insight that we've been playing with. And, you know, peace is one of those fuzzy words. And we've got, obviously, the peace index, so what we use as an assessment. But the word Peace is so fuzzy until you really start to understand it. And the aha for me is this. When I am at peace, I'm really good. When I'm not at peace, I'm really average. And so peace is power. And empowerment is actually the idea of working on your own peace. So what takes you out of peace? What keeps you from peace? Is it relationships? Is it your work? And I think there's a big difference between feelers and thinkers. And feelers is really more about being. Doers, I mean, thinkers maybe is a little bit more about doing. But what I found is if my feeler, if my uh, piece is off in my relationships with uh, those closest to me, it affects what I do and how I think about what I do. And so, you know, what about you as you're listening to this? Have you ever thought about that? So then what do you have to do? So far as it depends on you to be at peace with everyone, it means so far as it depends on you, how do you be at peace with yourself? So I voraciously work on this every single day as a feeler. Literally, I have a thing I do in the morning. I have a thing I do in the evening because I'm trying to manage my level of peace so I can be the best 
possible for our business and for my family and, and such. What do you think of that, Steve? What about you? I'm grateful. You know, it's about time you worked on that. It's been really helpful. So no, <laughs> no I love it and I see it. And I think that's, I, I think the, the way I've often articulated it is with feelers, work can be absolutely incredible. They can be crushing it. The business is performing. It's delivering all the capital returns and the markets are happy with them. But, you know, if if the relationship with their spouse or their kids or their best friend is off, no amount of business success brings peace when misalignment in key relationships is there. And for most feelers, it's like, oh, my goodness, that's so true. But because most books are written by thinkers about business because they like winning, no one talks about this stuff. So people look at us and go like, well, you sound, you know, peace a bit fuzzy, isn't it? And then you go. You describe the reality that you just did, and every feeler goes, oh, Jeremy, thank you. You've just described. I've often wondered whether it was just me, that business is great, but my family's off. Why don't I feel like I'm winning? On my side of the ledger, it's usually the other way around, which is to go, I'm so busy defining my success through what I achieve, I actually don't end up realizing that I'm losing the thing that is the most important my long-term piece so yours i think is a short-term piece strategy you get quite live feedback about it people like me can be hard at work winning and succeeding for years and then find we actually lost properly because our wife's gone or our kids don't know us and that's i think the danger of the the thinker they basically lose peace without realizing it and it's a bit like the frog in the boiler and eventually it's cataclysmic and then it's really miserable but every day they don't really notice it because they're not really attuned to the relational dynamics around them if business is winning and they're putting food on the table. So that's where I think I see the difference between the two. I've tried to make sure, if you hear about it, I've tried to make sure I've gone, no, I want to I want to prioritize the relationships of my inner world now rather than deal with a real disturbance in the force because Helen's disappeared five years from now. You're, I think, doing it in the day-to-day because that's where feelers have to live. So that's my hypothesis. What do you think to that? Yeah, I, th- I think it's I think it's really good. And, and for those listening, you think half the world, I mean, we're we're split in certain ways. Half the world as feelers and thinkers and the just the, the dynamics that are there. It's really important if you have a thinker in your life, you might be frustrated because they're seeing things differently. But having these conversations from the feeler and the thinker, I think it's just are, are, are critical. I've been taking this now to the thinking side because now I'm like, well, how do I feel about my our businesses? So now we're in this process of actually breaking down our funnels and our marketing and our roadmaps and uh, the, the client journey and going, what's working, what's not working? And so now I'm trying to look at them objectively and then I'm asking, where am I not at peace? meaning what's off, what's not really working at certain levels, and then let's work on it. Well, some of those, every one of those has a person tied to it. It has a relationship. Well, Justin leads this part, or Chris leads that part, or Tracy leads. So you've got these dynamics at place. So it's really cool to actually go think about your business model and then realize that there's thinking, meaning the logical, uh, functional, and then there's relationships over each one. And are that is that person a thinker? Or is that person a feeler? And how do we communicate with that person? And what if I'm really close to one person and not with another? It might affect that one area of the business. So it's just it's just a lot of contemplation, and it's kind of what we do, right? We uh, 
giant is basically Steve and I working on ourselves. And then we basically package that and provide that for all of you listening. Uh, so anyway. I, 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 was, I was on a podcast with some academic that was trying to work out. So how do you develop and validate all of your tools? You know, who, who does all this stuff for you? Okay. I literally said the same thing. I said, look, I could be very scientific here and tell you it comes from this and this, that, and the other, because we can. But do you know the biggest secret has been? Two people who struggle actually being prepared to keep working at themselves, working out what's wrong, codify, identifying what's wrong, codifying it, and then finding a way that we can be better and turning those individual tools and lenses that basically children can use and understand. So that's been our business model. But the more, but the good news is because Jeremy and I are still Steve and Jeremy, you never graduate the school of software. We're still always learning. And that's the bit where I look at it and go, 10 years on, if we'd been really self-aware and really relationally intelligent, we'd have probably run out. But my my sense is, in my perspective, there's still new learning. And whenever we talk with each other, because that's the way we learn, what you've just shared there, by the way, about this concept of peace for thinkers and feelers, I'm like going, do you know there's something in that? We've we've articulated it before to each other, but it's never been codified in the way that we probably can in the future. So, you know, for any of you wonder how on earth everything happened that that's basically how it happened and and i have a long list of issues i see in you and so we've got another 10 years oh, for sure well, <laughs> I'm, thr- I'm thrilled to hear that <laughs> helen's Tell always thrilled that, that your wife's been yeah. sending them to me helen's <laughs> thrilled that her, as a nurturer that her sacrifice is actually making good for other people so it kind of feels yeah. a little less painful so that's, that's all good. good anyway thank no, you it's for, a lot of fun. So for those for those of you listening to this, just to think, what does it look like for you? What what needs to happen for peace? If you're a feeler, what needs to happen? You know, and and what are the processes that need to take place? If you're a thinker, uh, the same same thing. So, all right, well, let's do it, Steve. Let's let's jump in. We've got a guest. Let's bring her on, Macy Willis. Macy, what's hey, up? Hey, how are I'm you? Doing great. I'm doing great. Good to see you guys. Good to be. Macy is a longtime friend of mine, and she is um, she's just amazing. She lives in a barn in Atlanta, uh, out in Milton, um, uh, Georgia, a really cool, pretty area. Uh, but she has done some amazing things in our life. She has been um, in the, the leadership world forever, but she's been in the event space. She has been almost really well known behind the scenes of putting on some of the coolest experiences um, in the world, but she's really gifted at seeing how things should be almost like understanding people dynamics and flow. And then she's jumped into the giant world and oh my goodness, brought all of that experience into helping organizations get better and helping people get better. So, uh, Macy, welcome. Um, what we want to know is tell us about that journey and what's the transformation been like for you? Like here you are and you're doing what you're doing. What's really, really, um, what's really, what has been the process for you that has affected you the most? Yeah. Thanks for having me on today. Um, it's been, it's been quite the journey. It's been like drinking from a fire hydrant. And I think the greatest thing about all of it is it, it helps me understand why life has been so um, such a tapestry of different things. And when I came along and saw all the wording and the tools that you guys were writing, 
it was like, I felt like somebody had read my diary if I wrote in diaries, because I don't really write in diaries. Um, and I remember reading it and thinking about it and studying it. And it really wasn't, and it, there's one thing to have knowledge. There's another thing, another place to take the knowledge and it transform you. That's kind of a quirky or weird thing to say, but really is true. It's like, tasting, but then it's like digesting. And so when it, when Giants material started impacting my life and I started seeing myself through the lens of, yes, I've been this way since I was in kindergarten, you talk too much. And then all of a sudden, finally, like 50 years later, I had a, some, you know, knowledge around, okay, now what to do with that? How do you sit and take pause? How do you have power in the pause when you're sitting on an airplane, you really want your neighbor to talk to you? You know, it, it equipped me with physical therapy around what are my strengths and what are my weaknesses? So it's just, it's transformed me. I love that. But basically, what's, um, if you think of, uh, a one tool and one tendency lens. I'm, I kind of I don't want to tell people what what would you say have been the most impactful for you? You're talking about um, you know not speaking or whatever it might be, but that's a bit harsh. Tell us a bit about how knowing you and giving yourself permission to be you has actually been really liberating for you because we've watched this incredible journey with you. I'm trying to not put words in your mouth as a connector, creative pioneer, but I will anyway. So come on, tell us a little bit about how that journey has given you the ability to do what you're doing now. Well, if we're talking really about a tool, probably one of the greatest things is to know yourself is to lead yourself. Knowing myself in a reflection of a mirror, how often do we really sit on the other side of ourselves? You probably know all the crevices of my face better than I do, because I only look in the mirror one time a day for the most part, which is in the morning. But the tool of know yourself to lead yourself and really figuring out all of my tendencies, good and bad. I kind of followed your leadership, Jeremy, and I created a, a spreadsheet and really started noticing where my tendencies come up and what are my good ones? I, I don't meet a stranger. That's fantastic. And that's a great tendency. But the other piece of that is the double-edged sword is because I don't meet a stranger. I do have to look at that tendency and think about my patterns. I have always moved straight into action. And so that pattern of being able to suck back that tendency, it's its a mental thing, right? It, it's what stops our action and we can regret our action and then grow from it. But as that tendency gets closer and closer inside of myself, I'm able to stop my action before and change my pattern. And it's all internal. Love it. That's, That's so cool. So here's, here's my sort of my last question for you, Macy, is go, when you look around the leadership landscape now where, where you are serving leaders and teams all over the place, and it's companies, what do you think leaders are not hearing or learning that you think they really need to work on? Wow. So that's a loaded question because I've had fantastic leaders <laughs> and I've had horrible leaders. I've been a great employee. I've I've been a, a horrible employee. I heard a, someone make mention of this recently and it just resonated, which is what you win your teams with is what you will win them to. So often wow. leaders, I think, want to say we have the best salary package or we have the best, 
you know, growing, coolest thing happening. We have the best language or, or we have the best, whatever the organization is and what you're winning them with, that's actually what they're going to stay for. And so if we create healthy cultures, no one will ever leave an organization if that's what they came for and your culture is really healthy. So it's double edged there. Don't sell something as a leader that you're not capable of actually fulfilling. And also make sure you're, you're leading people to that. I think about it from myself to my family, to my teams. So if I drive with bad talk in my head, I'm going to receive bad talk from other people easily. So I need to be a positive thinker and I will draw to positive thinkers. In my family, if, if you drive with your ch children having to be performers, they're going to feel like they have to live up to performance. And so as teams, when I'm with money, they're going to leave for money. So that's where I feel like leaders are missing things these days. I think that is huge. I just, you just gave me an unbelievable thought there. I'm like, oh my goodness. Think about, I don't think the leaders that I know, the CEOs that I know, or the people that I work with, I don't think they, they even have thought about that. Like, what is their, what is the phraseology? What are they selling? So is they, uh, for employees, mm -hmm. because I think they're just going, well, if you want a job or not, you know, we're, we're in control. Yep. The reality is it's actually been a, a buyer's market. It's an employer's employees market. And to go, what is it you're selling? What is, what is it not to selling to your customers, but selling to your future employees. Mm -hmm. And if you're selling one thing and they walk in and it's the total opposite, then you're a hypocrite and you're, you're already on the negative side of the balance sheet. So really, really fascinating. thought. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah, I do. I think, I think that's an interesting one. I, I mean, we always think of it through our lens. We're going, um, we, ours has never been money. <laughs> We've never been recruited. We've always recruited them because of actually here's a chance to be part of a, a community and a family to change the world. Yeah. And I think that's the bit then of going as leaders, what you, if you can understand what you're saying, why you work with us, you've then got to be really careful. I'm hearing you say, Maisie, is to go, you've got to walk the walk and actually that culture or that whatever you've done has to be legitimate and true otherwise you end up looking you end up with uh, egg on your face we'd say over here but i think that's a really profound way and so therefore it's interesting how i, I watch a lot of companies grow over time and, and in a sense their culture is everything in the beginning and it's really exciting to be part of it and they grow and grow and grow and then they take public money <laughs> And then all of a sudden, it's it's more about the remuneration and the package and the security. And it's not a bad thing, but it's actually the misconnect, presumably, is when I've watched a couple of the entrepreneurs who are still trying to sell the old culture on low wages, when actually the new culture actually isn't like the old one because it's changed. And they actually need to have a new message of why would I work for this company? That's really profound. I mean, you, you've given Jeremy and I things to think about there, so... I always love that. Obviously, that's what leaders need not leaders need are not hearing and thinking about Macy. And you've just proved that Jeremy and I are examples again of case study A yeah. and B. So thank yeah, you. Yeah, sure. And I mean, I think bigger too organizations, but the world. You know, you think about cu cultures in in countries. What we what we're winning people to in our in our world, all the way to communities, into our um, workforces. I have a client that literally came to me two years ago and said, I'm losing my people over $2 an hour. 
and I'm not the sexiest, greatest organization. We're throwing tires around. What can I do differently? And I said, impact their themselves, impact their home. And he started doing leadership coaching. And I literally am doing intensives with all of his leaders. Every single one of them are like, I'll never leave this organization because he's given me something past the walls of what I do every day. It's really impacting marriages. It's impacting father-daughter relationships. That's just, that's not what I think most leaders are doing today. So, or organizations. So I hope it will change the landscape of work. I love it. Macy, you're amazing. Macy is, um, for those who don't know, she is a um, giant guide. She works with companies all over. You're on airplanes a lot, but you're trying to maybe be around Atlanta a little bit more. Yes. So you're on yes. airplanes as much. But I'm so grateful for you. Thank you for your wisdom and your impact. Um, so great to have you here today. Thank you. It's been an honor. Appreciate it. Awesome. Dude, that's really good. That's a really big thought, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, if you're listening to this, you're like, huh, if you're if you're a leader and you are responsible for whether hiring people or you're responsible for the business overall, what is it you're selling to employees and what's mm. your marketing message? And is it true? And <laughs> I think I think that's really, really powerful. And and if it if it was true in the past, is it still true in the present? Because my sense is that evolution happens as companies grow, as they expect. And actually, what was the 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 reason they came in the beginning may not be the same five years on when the company's ten times the size it was. So that's a really good thing to ask the question right now in our recruitment. What are we? What are we selling? <laughs> and is there integrity and real? truth behind that process because if we're not we'll get found out so basically that we're, we're going to ponder that one just aren't we at some point it's like absolutely wow, i love it i always love that that's, that's why it's so fun to do this and hopefully as yeah. you're listening to this you're getting gold whether it's a uh, piece or a conversation with macy on on what you're selling employees so um yeah it's good all right final thoughts steve final thought i think um for me is that the more effective and successful you become as a leader, the greater the supply demand curve goes the other way. So you only have finite time and you have to find a way to be able to prioritize the things which are the most important because the enemy of great is not bad. The enemy of great is just doing the good stuff. And so I'm my, my learning is to go and for feeders, it may be more difficult but for me, even for me, it's difficult. How do I disappoint people who want more of me than I can give them? And I'm working at that at the moment to go, because I watch a lot of leaders burn themselves out trying to be what everyone needs them to be. And you end up basically being all things to nobody <laughs> rather yeah. than actually being able to prioritize who is going to get what and how do I be good with that? So that's my 31272 crowd strategy, which you're aware of. But I'm feeling it even more right now than I've ever done. And that's probably a good thing, mm -hmm. but it's also a challenging thing. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, there we go. What about it's you? Good. Yeah, mine is probably just the, the idea of peace is power. And mm. if you want to empower people, but you don't have power because you're on peace, it's impossible. It's hard to empower people when you don't have peace internally. So what do you have to do? How do you fight for the highest possible good of yourself is to fight being at peace. 
and creating the systems, whether it's know yourself to lead yourself tenancy log. I do something called examine every afternoon. I do a call up session in the morning. Do what you have to do to do for the life hack to make sure that you are at peace, because when you are, that's probably when you're at your best. So that's the big idea, the thought. Hope that's helpful and encouraging to all of you. Um, we can't wait to see you um, next time, but uh, sure, grateful and thankful for all of you out there in the world. And we wish uh, you to just keep fighting for the highest possible good of others. So that's what we're about. Thanks, Steve-O. Good to see you, man. Next time. And you, Chase. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you're looking for a speaker for your next event, whether live or remote, Jeremy Kubitschek speaks to audiences all over the world. Jeremy is a best-selling author, international speaker, and co-founder of Giant Worldwide. He has started over 20 companies while living in Oklahoma City, Moscow, Atlanta, and London. Whether you're looking to impact your executive team, your entire organization, or if you're hosting a public event, go to jeremykubitschek.com to learn more.